0: Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make
1: this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups.
0: So let's not waste any more
1: time and dive right in. Okay, you ready? Yep. So Mike, the question for today, my dog is very young and full of energy, and she has very little impulse control. What should I do?
0: Well, you know, it's a little similar to what we discussed uh, a couple of a uh, blo- uh, couple of podcasts ago about a dog just generally, you know, a lot of energy out of control, but if it's a young dog, I mean, some people and I've seen this this is like really, you know, you're asking for it if you've got a young child, a, a baby, an infant or a toddler. Yeah. You know, people decide to get puppies they, you know, I, can, I feel
1: it. I feel what's I feel what's coming here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I it's mean, you good. know, so it's, well, no, it's not, a, it's, it's, you're asking, you're taking, you're biting off a lot, right? I mean, I get yeah. because, you know, then the child and the dog will grow up together and, you know, dogs have a lifespan of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen 14, 15 years. You know, that dog will be with that child during the, this whole major developmental period of 15 years. So that's cool. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah. But in the beginning, you know, it's kind of like having twins or something. <laughs> you just, you're, you know, you're asking for a lot more work. So, yeah. Um, so then, with the puppy, obviously, you've got to do a lot of the same things I was saying earlier with on the other podcast about just making sure the dog has plenty of exercise and stimulation independent of the child. I mean, the yeah. nice thing is the nice thing with the puppy like that is that you're not going to have any of those issues that uh, you know that that a lot of preparing a dog for the arrival of a baby. Means. You know, is involved. The dog is brand new. They don't have an established relationship with the owner uh, that is now being interrupted by the arrival of a baby. They're both on the scene at the same time. And, and so that's good. But, you know, you just you have to go through all the puppy management. You know, if you've got a 15, 12, whatever, 16 week old puppy, you know, you have to go to puppy classes. You have to get training. You have, it's just a lot of extra work. You have to manage the puppy in the way that anybody would. And, you know, then also manage the, the interactions between puppy and baby uh, in the way that I was suggesting before you know you have to uh, you make sure that the dog is a little bit exercised a little bit exhausted not exhausted but you know not just in the full craziness of waking up in the morning and then jumping and nipping all over the baby um, so uh, you know yeah we have to find outlets for their energy and then when they're calm find constructive creative ways to interact um, to play games together to 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 be together Um, it just, you know, it's just more challenging. I'm not saying, I mean, I would just, if somebody was thinking about it and planning on it, I would probably suggest that they wait a little bit until at least they've got a handle on the child rearing a little bit whatever. But, you know, some people just dive in, you know, head first and, um, and do it
1: yeah it's it's a lot for people to jump into this but like god bless them, and 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 yeah that there's there's other things they don't have to deal with
0: yeah exactly i mean you're not there's not some existing uh, relationship that's being interrupted uh, i guess the one thing i would say uh since we're on you know taking it in this direction if you're somebody who's thinking about doing this then you want to make sure that you get a puppy that's robust in other words when you're out picking you know whatever dog you know whatever puppy you're going to pick to bring into your home, avoid any dog that has or any puppy that shows signs of shyness and send, you know very you know you know a great deal of sensitivity. You want a more robust I mean ideally you always want a middle of the road puppy that's not too shy and not too uh, overbearing. but um but better to go with a high energy dog than um than a very sensitive dog because as the child becomes a toddler, and the dog say that is now a year old, if it's, it's a very sensitive dog, it might not be able to handle, you know, the insanity of a toddler. <laughs> right. So, you know, you want right. to get a dog, you know, you want to get a dog that has, a, you know, like I said, fairly robust disposition. And also that's not too, don't get a teeny tiny breed, you know, don't get a Chihuahua, you know, get something that's going to have maybe at least 15 or 20 pounds on it. If you're leaning towards a smaller breed and, um, you know, yeah. when it comes to larger breeds, but you know, kind of the sky's the limit. But um, yeah. you know, as long as I, I think, as long as somebody is mentally prepared for the extra work, then there's a, there's uh, there's some you know there's some good upside.
1: Nice. So, what in addition to uh, like Chihuahuas, what what other breeds might be caution? what might you caution against getting?
0: Uh, well, just well, just anything that's. Things like Italian greyhounds, they're very delicate, you know, they have skinny little legs. Just anything that's that, that looks like it could be frail or delicate, either physically or psychologically. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you, know you just want to get something that's like, well, like I said, you know, can can handle a little bit of what kids dish out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Got it. I think that's yeah, and... that's
0: really that's really it. I think on that subject, I, I, I mean, I can't think of anything you know much more. Yeah, uh, to add to it. I mean, I think depending on the age of the child, there can be a lot of fun in doing puppy training exercises, and you know, you know, like because it's a lot of treat based fun ways to learn sits and downs and things like that. And if the child is you know a little bit beyond the infant stage, you know, even like a year, a year and a half, two years, there's there's little ways that they can participate in those things already, which is a lot of fun.
1: Mm. Nice. All right. Well, let's, uh, why don't we just jump? So we're going to jump into a corollary question here and hit the other side of the spectrum. Uh, we're going to tackle two questions in, in one go. My dog is very old and has physical ailments. How should I handle her in relationship to my baby?
0: Yeah, that's a, actually, that's a much more common issue. And a tricky one. You know, it's a tricky one. It's, uh, I think the first the first thing is that we have to create a safe place for the dog in the house that it doesn't Mm. feel like a place of isolation or punishment or anything like that. But, uh, you know, so for example, I was with somebody yesterday around this particular issue and I said, you know, put up a baby gate by the bedroom and, um, and, uh, you know, teach your dog that that's in there. You have a doggy bed, and then when you get put in there, you get a a juicy, raw, frozen beef bone or bully stick or, you know, some super high-value, awesome thing that you only see when you're in there. Mm. And uh, teach the dog that that's a safe space. The dog needs to have a safe place where it can get away, where the child cannot get to him, you know, regardless of the age. I think that's the most important thing. Then the rest of it is... um. You know, in most cases, you have to teach the dog to be more gentle with the baby. In this case, you have to start to teach the baby to be gentle with the dog, and um, you know that can be difficult. Again, it, a lot there depends on the age of the child um, and how much they're able to, you know, internalize what you're teaching them about, you know, you know, touch them gently. Like there's a couple of tricks I do with that. I don't. Let me see if I can explain them. Just can create a visual. So when a child goes to grab a dog you know, like they do, you know, little one-year-olds, one-and-a-half-year-olds, they grab and pull, right? Yeah. So as the do- as the child is about to grab, the, you know, stick its hand on the dog and grab and close its fist, I stick a little finger in the kid's palm and just lift up just to create a little space between the kid's palm- the kid's hand and the dog's skin, and then I'd lift up just a little bit just to create a little space, and i say to the child, gentle, easy, gentle, easy, every time they go to grab. So over time, you know, I mean I think most parents know this. children at very young ages can comprehend a lot more than they can communicate. Yeah. And um, and so even with a 1 year old if you start doing that on a regular basis it's very helpful. The other yeah. thing that's related is that most kids at that age they like to lean on the dog and grab with both hands and then pull really hard with both hands. <laughs> so I teach them uh, I teach them that you can only touch the dog with one hand at a time. Mm. So then you do one hand at a time and you do the gentle thing. And it's a way with a really, you know, with a young child to just introduce the concept of proper handling of a dog. And it's also a way to, um, you know, with an older dog to spare the dog some of that really crazy intensity. But I think those are the things. is teaching the child as much as possible to be careful and cautious and then giving the dog plenty of safe spaces around it that that aren't going to feel like banishment from the household. Yeah. And I I guess as a counterpoint to that. If you go in my book, Good Dog, Happy Baby, in the last section, the seamless transition, there is a section on how to create positive associations between the dog and the child. So, for example, um, let's say baby's been down for a nap or it's time to nurse the child, right? It's time to do that. So mom's going to sit down and nurse the baby. And, um, you know, if the dog's been in a safe space, that's a great place to bring the dog out and um, maybe have a dog bed next to the spot where mom is nursing. So that the dog can lie next to you, mom is nursing. Maybe she can reach a hand down and scratch the dog's head a little bit, but it's a way for the three of them to get together. That isn't mm. full of all that crazy kid activity, but it's bonding, yeah. right? It's, so if the dog has been in a, in its own safe space, which is fine, but has also been alone. If now the child comes out and the dog comes out and it's a peaceful togetherness, it's a way to help the dog to bond and create positive associations with the presence of the child, because the presence of the child also means loving attention from the owner. You know what I mean, yeah so, so you always want to go you know back and forth between providing plenty of safe space but also plenty of opportunity for for bonding. Another one would be when um you know often I see when I go into a home where there's a kid there's often like a play mat laid out on the floor full of toys and all kinds of stuff where mom and uh, or dad and the child will sit and play with the kid and um and often I'll have people. Put their dog on a downstay right at the edge of that play zone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe give them a little chewy or whatever. But the same kind of thing. They have to learn to stay off the play mat, but they can be right nearby, near mom or dad or whoever, and also be in it. But the child is busy playing with the parent, you know, with whatever little toys are in there, you know, yeah. not directly, you know, being all over the dog. And it's another way for the dog to be part of things without being overwhelmed. Right you know right so you want you you want to think about on the one hand creating safe spaces on the other hand creating you know harmless opportunities for bonding and connection
1: right that makes sense and and all of this in the context of with an old dog that's got physical ailments obviously the 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 thing that we're guarding against just it's implicit in everything you're saying but just make it explicit is that you don't want the kid Pushing, poking, prodding, uh, pulling the wrong spot, which could yeah, elicit, because, like right. a bite or a nip or whatever. Exactly.
0: Well, yeah. Older dogs are often arthritic, you know, they have this and that, you know, it's just like older people. They have this, that, and the other ailment and you, and they get very self-protective about their body and a little bit insecure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, even if the child trips and falls and the dog is lying there and the kid falls on the dog's hip. Uh, you know, could cause a lot of pain for the dog and you know, just a, a, a knee jerk, reflexive, biting, self protecting action.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally makes so sense. So, that's,
0: yeah, that's the main thing we want to protect against.
1: Good. All right. Well, I think we hit these two questions pretty well. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap it up?
0: Well, like I say at the end of each one of those things, uh, one of these things is I, I encourage people to look at the, um, The video courses I put together, like, for example, in relation to this particular topic, that module one that I put together about how to prepare a dog for childlike handling, I mean, that just applies across the board. Even an older, you know, in your situation, an older dog um, that's geriatric in various ways, there's still things you can do even to prepare that older dog for some of the madness of a young child. And if you're talking about a puppy, then there's a whole string of, of training exercises and handling exercises that, uh, if you go to my book, there's a puppy in the house. Uh, uh, Also, if you look on my website, uh, doggonegood.org, there's a string of training videos that have these, what I call, trust and respect exercises that you want to be sure to do with the puppy, to prepare the puppy for all kinds of handling and restraint and all that stuff. So these are are things that I would add to this, and there's resources available that I've already put out there.
1: Great, so everybody, the two websites are doggonegood.org, and you can get those training videos there. And then gooddoghappybaby.com, and there you can get Mike's book with a uh, doggy 12-step doggy 12-step program. And then you can also get Mike's book, the Good Dog Happy Baby online video course. I highly recommend that. And when you sign up for Mike's newsletter, you get a nice discount on the course. That's good for one week. So please check that out. And of course, if you guys are benefiting from this show, if, it's, if you're finding it helpful, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. That's probably the, the single biggest help in terms of other people finding the show. So great. Mike, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks again for um, taking the time to interview me.
1: Great. And uh, see you all next time. Bye-bye.